Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. New Year's resolutions are just hard to keep up with, but saving money is easy at savewithconrad.com. Wouldn't 2022 be easier with lower monthly payments? Get the best rate you've ever had, pay off your credit card debt, and even get the cash you need right now at savewithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to get started, and you can even skip your next two house payments at savewithconrad.com. Find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. What a rib. No, you have a big There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. Was he there? I was there. Say something I don't. Give a shit. <laughs> I ain't scared. I ain't scared of shit. Fuck you, Bruce. I love you. Double cheese. 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 Double Something to wrestle with. Gone, Bruce Pritchard. Eek, the second most wretched athlete in the entire world today. Conrad Olsen. What happened when? Huh. What would Vince say about that? Well, hey, Vince. Tell me, yeah. My shorts are good tonight. Yeah. They're so big. Yeah. Let's go. Bullshit. Welcome to wrestle. Pearl title now. Just something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? If you think I had energy before, by God, you better buckle the F up right now. Because I am full 
of some NRG. Well, I am so excited to hear it. Uh, I've heard a lot. About, I'm ready to go. I've heard about your workout routine. I've heard about I, how you're eating I, I, good. There's nothing more annoying than a fat guy who starts working out and dieting. And here we exactly. are. Exactly. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Absolutely the worst. It's not the worst than somebody that, that stops drinking yeah. or a fat guy that starts eating correctly and working out and starts feeling better and shit. Cause then every fat guy needs to start working out and feeling better. And as a fat guy, when you're sitting there and you're lazy and you're eating like, okay, like a Krispy Kreme donut, you know, with the, with the cream filling and the chocolate top. Yeah. God damn man, Those are good. Or how about the, 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 uh, what, what was the stuff that Kane and I got there that time? Oh, the, the banana pudding. Oh yeah. Ones that they had there. Okay. Just eating that. Somebody goes, Hey man, you might want to like not eat seven of those at one time, spread it out over the, at least the hour. And I, no, no, shut up, man. But now I'm like trying to order Prevagen. <laughs> Vince McMahon has finally wormed his way into your brain. You're going to start, you're working out at night. You told me the other day you worked out at night. Like what's going yeah. on, dude. You damn right. I did. I worked out hard too. At like 11 at night. Yeah. What, what, I mean, dude, you're, you're 73. What, what, this, what are you doing? But I feel 72. Oh, well, there it is. Well, so, my God, I, I feel great in, uh, shit. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Well, I'll tell you what we're doing our show today because it's a happy 58th birthday. To the world's most dangerous man, Mr. Ken Shamrock. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to the most dangerous man. And happy birthday to you. And many more. I'm so excited. God, it's hard to believe he's that old, man. He still looks phenomenal, though. There hey, he is. That's, that's him calling uh, right now. Oh, shit. I actually have to take this one. Okay, now we're back. We're talking about Ken Shamrock. Who still looks fantastic. And, uh, maybe he's got some diet and exercise and routine tips for you, Bruce. You think I bet I, I would, I would follow him because some bitch kind of looks ageless. His he's uh, a machine, man. Like, you know what? I, I'm going to reminisce on the last time that I saw him and, and you were a part of it. Cause last time I saw him was, was at, uh, a Starcast Star in Vegas. Yep. And, um, Man, it was great to just reminisce with him and see him and say hello because he, again, he looked absolutely fantastic. He looks like he's ready to be like a, a mob enforcer or something. You know what I mean? Like he could be a movie character right now. He's ready. Oh, to yeah. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and if he wears those big glasses and that's stuff, exactly what does it. He wears those old Joe Pesci glasses and you're yeah. like, oh, shit, he's going to break somebody's legs today. Look at there. Yeah, he's, he's going to paint a house. <laughs> Uh, his story starts a lot like the undertakers did with buzz Sawyer. Of course he went for wrestling training, but, uh, well, he never got any of that. Uh, what was it about buzz? I mean, he's just got a string of talents where he's getting cash up front and see you later. Adios amigos. I think that, uh, buzz was a bit of a kind of a bit of a con in him. I think that's fair to say. Uh, he winds up getting trained, believe it or not, by Nelson Royal and Gene Anderson. That's right. Folks from North Carolina here. Kakalaki, North Kakalaki. And he actually makes his WWF debut. That's right. Ken Shamrock worked for the WWF in 1989. 
In Greensboro, on July 29th, he would lose to Barry Horowitz. And on July 30th, he loses to Tom McGee. Yes, that Tom McGee of the infamous Bret Hart tape. There's no chance you remember any of this from 1989, right? I mean, he's there for. I, a, I do. Really? Yeah, his name was like uh, Ken Tortellini or something like that. He didn't go as Ken Shamrock. Uh, it was like, uh, I think it wasn't Tortellini, but it was something like that. It, it's so fantastic to me to really think about. Ken Fettuccini? Would it be Fettuccini? Fusellini? <laughs> I know it was some kind of pasta. It was a pasta. Listen to you. Well, dude, I, I really and truly think it was. I, I don't know if it was a rib or what, but I thought that I have, was his real name. Do I have, have it, it. I have it here in my notes that he was in the opening match at the Coliseum in Greensboro, July 29th, Barry Horowitz over Ken Shamrock. The rest of that no, card, which is kind of fun. Name. It's Tim Horner over Tom McGee, the red rooster over the Brooklyn brawler, uh, Rick uh, Rude uh, over all Jim Duggan. events anywhere in the country by God. Uh, check this out. This is kind of fun. Greg Valentine beats Brutus Beefcake by forfeit. Beefcake was a replacement for Hulk Hogan. Can you imagine? Hey, if you're going to replace, man, replace him better. Fuck off. <laughs> Can you imagine? You take your kids down to the arena. Kids, Hulk Hogan's here. Yay! Doom, 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 doom. Here comes strutting and cutting. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? Now, don't get me wrong. I know Beefcake was over. But Hulk Hogan to beefcake, man, that's disappointing. Well, to some, but to others, they may have been like, oh my God, beefcake. Yeah, man. I would pay money to see this match in Charlotte, July 30th, 1989, Tom McGee versus Ken Shamrock. What? That sounds like out of a fever dream. That's crazy. Ooh, that'd be bad. This Mother's Day and Father's Day, look no further for the perfect gift than PaintYourLife.com. It's worked for me every time, and when I say every time, I mean it. I've used PaintYourLife.com to bring tears to the eyes of my mom, my dad, even my father-in-law. And right now, I'm ordering one for my mother-in-law, all from PaintYourLife.com. My mother-in-law's life is her dog, Missy. And this year, my wife and I knew exactly what to get my mother-in-law for Mother's Day, a painting of Missy. It really is that simple too. All we needed was a, a picture from our phone. Boom. We're up and running. You see, paintyourlife.com can really create a hand painted portrait to fit almost any budget. And it's the perfect gift for your mother, your father, or both. I've used it, as I said, on almost every person in my life. I've given these to my wife. I've given it to my cousin, my mom, my dad, my father-in-law. If I'm looking to give a truly meaningful, personable gift, I know the paintyourlife.com has my back and they're going to make it easy. You can go ahead and start the entire process in less than five minutes. And what's really cool about paintyourlife.com is they can even combine photos. Maybe you want to put two people who never met in one of your favorite vacation spots. You can do that. Just upload the photos. Bam. You're good to go. Maybe grandpa never got to meet his grandson with paintyourlife.com. That can become a reality. You can put people and places together. Even if they've never been there, you pick the artist, you pick the medium. Do you want oil, acrylic, watercolor, charcoal? You can even go ahead and pick out an awesome frame. The whole process to get started, as I said, takes less than five minutes and you can actually get your painting in as little as two weeks, but you work hand in hand with the artist to get every detail. Perfect. If you're looking to get those waterworks going to have your mom or your dad tear that paper 
and just almost be overcome with emotion. That's what I got. And I've never gotten that reaction to a gift card. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at paintyourlife.com. There's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. Now, to get this special offer, just text the word WRESTLE to 87204. That's WRESTLE to 87204. Text WRESTLE to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Love talking about my friends at Stance, and you've probably been hearing us bragging about Stance a lot lately because they just launched a new line of active apparel. Plus, it's been holiday gifting time, and really, Stance is one of the coolest gifts you can give. And this has been a home run for both Bruce and myself. I am addicted to their socks. I know Bruce has been rocking some of their hoodies. Everything with Stance just feels like it's well made. You know, I'm tired of boring old socks. I don't like them being uncomfortable. These are the softest, most well-built socks ever. I've told the story here before. I feel like sometimes I can't wait to get home and take my shoes and socks off like everybody, right? I'll take your shoes off, sit a spell, things we say in the South. Well, dude, with Stance, I'm keeping my socks on all the time. Not only do they look cool, because they really do, but they're so comfortable and creative. This has been a home run for me. I actually gave Stance the gift of Stance to a lot of folks this year. Let me tell you a little bit about Stance. They were founded back in 09, and now Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. They've got a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance is bringing an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. And buddy, they do that. Let me tell you, when they talk about pop culture's hottest collaborators, they got Marvel stuff. They got baseball stuff. They got basketball stuff. They got Star Wars stuff. And yes, for Tony Schiavone and maybe him only, they have Batman stuff, something for everybody. As I said, I know Bruce has been rocking the, uh, the hoodies. Uh, every time we do one of these, uh, Skype sessions to record a podcast, he's showing it off to me. I've got all the socks. I feel like at this point, maybe not. But I know I got loaded up for Christmas too. So the ones I'm still missing, they're headed this way. I'm addicted to the socks. You will be too. They're soft. They're comfortable. Everything I've seen from stance is over the top. Their quality is outstanding. And I know when we're talking about socks and apparel, you think, how good can it be? Hold it in your hand and you'll believe. What did I say there? Anyway, stance believes the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. For those who feel good, do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance and get 15% off your first purchase. Just use the promo code WRESTLE at checkout. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. That's Stance.com, 15% off with that promo code WRESTLE. Let's talk about it. Ken winds up working more of a shoot style. He winds up in Japan. Uh, Of course, that that style is very accepted and and very uh, uh, endeared over there. And then eventually he starts competing in mixed martial arts for Pancrase and the UFC and Shamrock had some pretty legendary feuds with the Gracie family there. And of course the UFC starts exploding in popularity in early 95. And I'm curious when you start to see all of a sudden there's some buzz and there's, you, you know, you see the VHS is everywhere and it was doing okay on pay-per-view, uh, before they got thrown off. But when that's happening, do you remember anybody in the company looking around and saying, Hey, wait a minute. We know that guy. 
yeah, I know the first time he went in, but uh, Conrad, it's got to ha- he's got to ha- look in there for his his uh, his NWA days and what he worked as because he worked as something else. He didn't work always work as Ken Shamrock. He worked as something else. And while you're doing that, um, you know, Kenny was uh, he was looked at as an enhancement talent. I think in the very beginning, because that is what he had done up until that point and started seeing Ken on USC fights and started seeing that, holy shit, man, this guy's a badass. He worked as the name you were trying to come up with as Vince Torelli. Okay. And I like to, I like Torelli with uh meat sauce. Will you stop? Have you ever had it with meat sauce? I don't even know what Torelli is besides the last name of a guy named Vince. Okay. Well, I'm from Alabama, man. Meat sauce. I don't know anything about that. You mean or like ragu call, or as they call it up here, bolognese, but here's the other thing about that. I'm going to give you another inside tip. Okay. Pro okay. tip here. Okay. You like pro tips. I love pro tips. Okay. Bolognese does not always equal meat sauce. Bolognese is a combination of multiple meats. Is it not? Well, it's a combination can be a combination of multiple meats. So, so can meat sauce, but a lot of times it'll also have cream and other things in it. And, and uh, in bolognese and, and meat sauce sometimes can be one in the same, uh, you know, Valentino's in Norwalk. I highly recommend for those of you that, uh, they're in the Norwalk area because they have the best veal parm and they have really great meat sauce with angel hair pasta. Yeah. That was a free plug. Should we ask for Vinny when we're there? Ask for Vinny, yes, and tell him Bruce sent you. Yeah, so there you go. What a small yeah, world. Ask for Vinny or Big Lou. <laughs> so let's um, let's talk about you know I said that, and you know, tip well. He starts to explode in popularity, or the UFC does. So when do you start to say, Hey Vince, um, you know they're having some problems over there. The UFC is getting thrown off pay per view and. We got, uh, Mr. McCain saying it's human cockfighting and they got some real issues and this guy's a star and he knows how to wrestle because he worked for us once. When does that idea first come up? Well, that have been, we know we see him in early 97, but are you having that conversation in 95 or 96 or what do you think? No, you know, uh, I think of anybody that was, that was looked at to come in. Severn was probably the, the top name, and I know that uh, Cornette was very high on Dan Severn. Uh, I was high on Dan Severn. I always liked Dan. I think Dan's a, you know, if you were to look at what you would have wanted back in the day of your clean-cut baby face guy to put on a suit and go out and represent the company and could whip anybody's ass that ever tried him, you go Dan Severn. Dan looked the part and Dan was very well spoken. And, uh, I think Dan was kind of a gentleman's gentleman. Yeah. So Dan was easy to like and easy to deal with. But I think that Vince, you know, when it came time was more interested in shamrock felt Kenny had a lot more charisma than Dan and time would prove that out. But in the early days, it was, it was more Dan because Dan, you know, had actually won. I don't think that Ken ever won the big one. Well, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the draw of him fighting Gracie and eventually Dan Severin. And he's got these Japanese commitments. And then before you know it, man, CBS has actually dubbed him the world's most dangerous man, which is obviously a big marketing tool. But as we said, between all the political backlash and the pay-per-view companies, 
man, the UFC, they're on the struggle bus by late 96. And it's even in the observer in August of 96 that Ken has had discussions with the WWF, but ultimately his demands were too high. Would you have been the guy to make contact and reach out or, or who would have been the person in touch? Uh, I, I did. I'm the one that actually did reach out to Ken and, uh, bring Ken in for the initial, initial talks. Yeah. And I did the deal with Kenny at the time. Do you remember what the, that con conversation looked like? I'm not asking for financial specifics, but are you discussing creative or is it simply just dates and cash? No, it, it was simply at, at that point. No, it's, it's, would you like to come in? Hey, would you like to come on in and talk and explore coming to work with us? And once everybody comes in and then you get into the point of, you need to know if they're interested. You need to know if they want to come in. So you take that next step and you expound on it and go, okay, yeah, they want to come in. Here's what we could do creatively. And then you get into money from there. I, but not, that's never discussed up front. Not asking this to be funny, but I am curious. Like we, we've had the conversation here before about Kurt Angle, where Kurt said on the initial meeting, well, I can't lose. Was there a concern? You know, you want to know something? I got a funny story for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You brought that up. Yeah. I had a, I had a whole list of guys that had come in right around that Kurt angle time. Yeah. And with my notes and I, and I wrote on Kurt's goof doesn't want to lose next. So there you go. Funny but, how shit comes around. Well, I'm just curious from, from a Ken Shamrock standpoint, he, he probably felt like he was on a great trajectory with the UFC and then they ran into a host of problems. No one could have predicted the UFC was going to become what it, what it did. But at that point, did he still think, even though he respected pro wrestling and he had trained in it before, Hey man, I don't want to hurt my, my ability to draw over here. I know they're having problems right now, but I still need to quote unquote, look strong. Is there any sort of conversation like that with Ken at the time? I, I think Ken was a businessman. No, there really wasn't. I think that Ken kind of viewed his, um, he understood it was different. Yes. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com slash STW. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They'll allow you to connect in a safe and private online environment. It really is so convenient. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and they've even got financial aid available. The service is available for clients worldwide. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to counselors located near you. By the way, licensed professional counselors are also there who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and even self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. And we recommend you check out their testimonials that are posted daily at betterhelp.com. And by the way, BetterHelp has been such a sensation and so helpful across all of America that they're now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. 
And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash STW. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash STW. That's betterhelp.com slash STW. That's betterhelp.com slash STW. And we thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's podcast. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So we're back. Uh, we are back. Hey, we- hey, hey. It's uh, something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard with my host, Conrad <laughs> Thompson. Um. So Ken's a businessman. He sees them separately. He understands the difference. Was he trying to be nimble in his contract? Like, Hey, if an opportunity comes up and I can do a big super fight, I don't want to have to turn that down. Did something like that happen? I think absolutely. Ken was looking that way because Ken still felt that he, he had more fights in him and wanted to be able to explore that Avenue. If, if it became available again. So he knew that there were still some big fights out there that people would want to see. And we were looking at it as you're going to be an attraction for WWE. We don't want to screw that up, but you going out and having a shoot fight and getting injured or something. So the observer in October of 96, so two months after the initial report would write this, the WWF reports are the Ken Shamrock's demands are much higher than what they're paying everyone else. That's coming in new, which is why the negotiations went nowhere. It's been reported that Shamrock is looking for half a million dollars as a guarantee. Uh, so it sounds like it was primarily probably money. I mean, is that really the original gist? He just overvalued himself and he needed to prove himself or what have you? Well, yeah, definitely. He was looking for a lot more money than, uh, we were willing to pay at that time. And it was at a time that he was looking at, well, if I did this fight and I did that fight and I did this other fight and then I did that fight that he felt he could get there. Yeah. Um, but that was also, if you won this fight, won that fight, (laughs) you know, one led into the other, into the other. And there was really no, no guarantee on that. And we were looking to make a star. We were looking to make a you know, a, a superstar out of him and take him to the next level and elongate his career. Instead of going out there and getting the shit beat out of his body, come on in and work. And, uh, Ken worked hard, Ken worked snug and his stuff was believable because he was believable. And you looked at it, what what really broke down, frankly, was at one point, uh, dealing with, uh, Hattori, the new Japan representative who was, uh, the referee, I believe over there and, that's back when this is probably before your time. They had call waiting on your phone. Oh your yeah, phone I remember that. Beat. Yeah, and you would hit the hit the thing and you'd switch over to the other call. Well, sometimes you would get caught and you would click over and you would think you're on the other call talking to someone else when it didn't actually click over. And I'm talking to Hotori who was speaking to me in uh, broken English, 
uh, giving me the impression that he didn't speak much English and didn't understand what I was saying and that uh, his English was spotty. And then he clicked over and apparently was speaking to Eric Bischoff on the other line. Clear as a bell. And was, you know, okay, hey, Eric, yeah, man, I got WWF on the other line and they're wanted. And it was a completely different everything. Yes. And I'm like going, uh, hey, yeah, no, man, it's still Bruce, but uh, your English got better. And it was just dead silence, like, you know, rut row. And kind of fell through from there. And I called Kenny and told him, and he, he laughed about it. But then the, you know, negotiations just got between uh, Ken and myself and Vince. So th- there are talks with new Japan about Ken Shamrock and his last fight for the UFC is December of 96 against Brian Johnston. He gets a win, but he breaks his hand. Once he's on Vince's radar, do you think Vince is watching the pay-per-views just to keep up with what's happening with him? I, I really don't know. I have no idea. I know that if there was something cool to see, we would tape it and bring it in and show him, but. There wasn't all, you know, back in those days, it wasn't that much cool to see. Right. They were kind of boring. So it's training. He starts training in 1997, uh, to fight in MMA as if, you know, nothing's going to happen with the WWF or new Japan. And then it's reported at, uh, a house show in Stockton, California, that he's mobbed by fans looking for autographs. So I don't know if this was just a strategy on his point, but when he just shows up to the house show here for the WWF. Boy, he gets a lot of attention for himself. And then it's reported that Shamrock was back in negotiations, uh, for the Tokyo dome show for April 12th. The idea being they wanted to have a sort of worked shoot fight, if you will, for the Tokyo dome. And he maybe even would have been in the main event and somewhere in here, it looks like, well, plans change. Meltzer would write Shamrock 33. Signed a three-year guaranteed exclusive contract with the WWF for a low seven-figure downside guarantee and a signing bonus. In addition, Vince McMahon has the option after three years to continue the contract for an additional three years without Shamrock having the option to test himself at that point on the free agent market. The contract is exclusive, ending Shamrock's participation in the Ultimate Fighting Championship or any shoot fighting events. At least at press time, this appears to what kill what some Japanese insiders we're expecting to wind up being the biggest money match in pro wrestling history, a proposed April 12th match for the IWGP championship at the Tokyo dome against Hashimoto shamrock debuted on Monday night raw later that evening at the Manhattan center portrayed as a celebrity in the audience, attending the matches with his father, Bob and his wife, Tina, they showed him in the, uh, early in the crowd and he was put over as a major star with them talking about him as a superstar from the controversial UFC and called him a UFC champion and even said that ABC television called him the world's most dangerous human being about 45 minutes into the show. He was interviewed by Jerry Lawler who tried to claim they were best friends and he had taught him all of his submission holds. Of course, Shamrock was acting like he didn't know who Lawler was. The segment really didn't work later in the show. He was interviewed again, but this time by Todd Pettengill and asked about the two WrestleMania main event matches. At this point, Farouk came out and got in his face and made a disparaging remark about the UFC and Shamrock did a wrestling promo back. For some reason, the camera wasn't on him as he made his comeback. And he said he'd take him on one-on-one if Vince McMahon would sign the match. This segment didn't come off as neither good nor bad, 
and Shamrock is going to have to get the mega push from the WWF to justify his contract. So it's pretty well acknowledged. He's going to either wind up as a major superstar in American wrestling or a flop. There is no in between and based on his first appearance, there's no hint at all as to which it will end up being. It wasn't positive that the live crowd took to him like a star pop for him big and the mentions of the UFC and even chanted his name during the interview. What do you remember about finally putting him on paper and then his first appearance here in the crowd on raw. And this is kind of a special raw here. I mean, I remember this like it was yesterday. What do you remember of that day? Well, it was just, you know, a great debut for Ken. We wanted to bring Ken in differently as, as for who he, who he was to the, uh, outside world to the MMA world and to those people that weren't familiar with Ken Shamrock, uh, you had to introduce him and you had to make him out to somebody. Of course, Meltzer's, uh, numbers are incorrect, but you know, we did a deal with him. We got that done and Ken knew that there was an upside to that, that he could potentially do a lot more than what was a downside guarantee at the time. But Kenny coming in, it was, you know, like a mistake that, he got involved and, you know, we didn't shoot it for a reason because it's like, okay, this isn't supposed to happen. But then you accidentally, you know, shoot it type thing. So I thought Ken did great. It was the right response. New York City, an enthusiastic audience that got who Ken Shamrock was and made him a star for being there outside of our world. And then Ken immediately mixed in our world. He did exactly what we were looking for him to do and delivered well. So, you know, I know we're not going to talk about money, but ultimately what got the deal done, you know, after you had been sort of playing hokey pokey for a few months to finally get him on paper, was there a concession or a talk of creative or what was it that just closed the deal? Do you think? I can't tell you from Ken's point. I, I can surmise. I can guess. I think that it was. A combination of longevity and knowing that he's not going to go in in the ring and get get knocked out and get hurt and be unable to earn for six months. He knew that this could you know be an ongoing gig that would continue to be able to pay him and his family, where he had a, a secure downside guarantee with the ability to out earn that if he got over and really got out and. And work. So all of those things combined, I think, are what did it when you look at, all right, you're only as good as your last fight in USC. Talk to me about um, the WCW thing. I, I mentioned that because it's reported in the Observer that Ken Shamrock at least mentioned that he was supposed to be meeting with WCW. And just to add context, this is when the WWF is kind of scrambling a little bit. The NWO is heating up, the 83 week streak has started. Uh, WWF has How always been that last. Oh, okay. Go ahead. That, see what I did there. But the point is the WWF who had always been the leader in sports entertainment is now, you know, in second place in a lot of these different categories. Do you think the threat of, oh shit, we can't let him go to WCW ultimately made this deal happen on you guys side? I think it was no. Uh, I think it was along the lines of the proven commodity. Versus, okay, well, these guys are hot now. How long are they going to stay hot? And WWE was a bit of a, a proven commodity. Do you so I think th Ken had, had 
was secure in that. Goldberg's going to show up in, in September of 97 on nitro. Hypothetically, do you think Shamrock had he jumped to WCW would have been in the Goldberg position? Had he gone in February of 97? No, I don't. I think that, uh, Goldberg was Goldberg and Goldberg is a unique animal unto himself that was created and, you know, done very well there. Like they kept Bill's stuff short. Uh, Shamrock could do a lot more than Goldberg could. Goldberg didn't need to do a lot more. So I, I think it's apples and pomegranates. It's so fun to go back and look at this time too, because this ECW, uh, on raw, the ECW invasion on raw is the exact same day that Ken Shamrock is in the crowd. And that's just one week after Sean announced that he lost his smile. There's so many moving parts here, including Shamrock. We're not done. New Japan announces that Shamrock is going to be in the main event of the April Tokyo dome show. And they announce it on April 19th, just five days after the WWF announcement. I'm curious how that all came to be, but I mean, I guess it was something you guys just had to acquiesce to because he was already down the road on that deal or what have you. Yeah. And I think it was good for all parties and it wasn't something that, you know, it was a work. So didn't feel that there was any, anything to him getting hurt seriously. So Shamrock said in uh, Jonathan Snowden's book, Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man that he didn't necessarily want to be in pro wrestling, but it was the comfort and security of the deal. Did you feel that way when he first signed that his heart wasn't really in it, but this was the best way to provide for his family? Well, I definitely th- feel that it was a combination of all those things. And, uh, if his heart wasn't in it, only he would know that I didn't feel that. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What are you waiting for? Hurry up and go to savewithconrad.com. Hurry up and start saving money. That's what we're talking about. Keeping more of your own money. That really is what we do with savewithconrad.com. How's this for starters? No house payments for two months. And when it comes time for you to start making payments two months from now, it's going to be the best deal you ever had. You see, not only are we going to get you the best interest rate you ever had, we're also going to help you get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. Now you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. But if you're in a 30 year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much. And I'm sure you know, by now your house is worth more than ever before. Why not use that newfound equity to get rid of your private mortgage insurance? That PMI, as we like to call it, could save you hundreds of dollars each and every month. And you could be paying it unnecessarily. Stop giving your money away. Get rid of your PMI, get the best rate you ever had. And Hey, if you've got credit card debt, what are you doing? The average interest rate is over 19% on credit cards in America, and you know you can do better than that. Plus, the interest you pay on a credit card is not tax deductible. So not only can we get you a better rate, but a greater tax deduction too. If you can get a lower monthly payment and a greater tax deduction and save tens of thousands of dollars by paying your house off faster, why wouldn't you? Hurry, find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. 
And that's right. Don't forget, skip your next two payments at savewithconrad.com. Uh, Jim Cornette has said before how excited he was to have him in the fold. Do you know if there were anybody else? Was there anybody else behind the scenes saying, Oh God damn, this is going to be our top guy. This guy has legitimate credibility with the mainstream audience, blah, blah, blah. Who were the big champions? And were there any naysayers about, man, we don't want this guy. He didn't know what he's doing. Not for this kind of deal. No, I think that, uh, for the most part, everybody was pretty excited to have Ken and it's, it's a little different too, in the way that, you know, Ken wasn't an asshole. Ken was just one of the boys. Ken was a fighter. Ken was one of the boys. He had been one of the boys and didn't come off like, oh, I'm a big star that uh, y'all have to treat me differently than everybody else. Ken just came across as one of the guys that you could go out and have a drink with and um, was a lot of fun. And people, you know, people liked him. Then they also saw his ability. He adapted so quickly, you know, back into what we do in sports entertainment that it was easy to look at him and go, man, I see a future here. So there's, uh, the natural follow-up question. Do you remember there being any conversation about doing anything with his brother, Frank Shamrock? No. So there's speculation in the newsletters that Ken's going to be sent to work with your brother, Tom in Connecticut, or perhaps head to Calgary to train with the Hart family. Who would have made that decision? I, I would have, and I think we did both. Yeah. So the next thing we see him in, and boy, is it memorable. Maybe one of the most memorable things he did, which is kind of funny in hindsight, he's going to be announced as being the special guest referee in a submission match at WrestleMania 13. Arguably the greatest match in WrestleMania history, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, whose idea was it to make Shamrock a referee? I think it was Vince's idea. It was a way to introduce Ken and also be able to put him in right up on top. So Ken was involved in a major program with uh, with Sean, with Brett and Steve. And it, it just fit. It was a good fit specifically for that program of Brett and Steve, that they needed somebody like that, like a Ken Shamrock to really get in there and be a part of that match and all the above. It was believable and, and Brett and Steve were believable and Shamrock obviously was believable. So here's the talk of the creative, uh, Meltzer would say it's no secret. What needs to be done, basically educating the audience to submissions with Shamrock portrayed as the master of that game. Will it work? Perhaps not immediately. So the question becomes patience, something pro wrestling promotions have lacked greatly these days in the new head to head ratings battle every Monday night for the short run. Shamrock is not going to be a guy who makes a difference in the ratings and a new style isn't going to be understood or over with a new audience for him by next Monday night. I don't know if any one person can be a one man ratings changer, but certainly if there was, it isn't him, but with the right build up and booking and the right opponent, he should be someone who can draw money and interest on pay-per-view for the right match with the right build. If this becomes the beginning of a new road with more emphasis on mat work, realism and submission finishes, thus enabling wrestlers to get away with less acrobatic and less high risk spots and save their bodies in a business where the injury rate and risk seem to get higher by the week. It's better for everyone, but a change like that can't happen overnight. Now that's interesting, especially in hindsight, knowing that 
what we know now is, well, that's not going to prove out. It's actually going to go the other way. It's going to be more athletic, more acrobatic, more risky. Was there any sort of thinking at the time, because this is still the era or we're maybe we're finishing up the era of these almost concrete like rings and you've got guys injured here and there and, and yawn. Was there some sort of thinking to, Hey man, maybe we could go back a little more old school and do a little bit more mat stuff. Or was that not even on Vince's radar here? That wasn't even on the radar. The whole idea was to build Ken, to build yeah. Ken as the most dangerous man in the world and make him a superstar in that vein. So his first in ring performance is on raw on March 17th. Uh, Shamrock's going to be doing commentary and he's going to accept a challenge from Billy Gunn to get in the ring. He'll take him down, use an arm bar and an ankle lock before he lets him go. Um, obviously Billy's a team player here. The segment comes off great. And there's talk in the observer at the time that Steve Williams is in discussions about coming in and he might actually be programmed to work with Ken. Uh, but ultimately doc's arrest in Japan for marijuana charges is going to put an end to that. Do you remember that getting too far down the road? Because man, that could have been super fun here in 97. No, I don't. I don't think it got down the road because we never got past, you know, anything with doc that may, that's just fantasy booking of some, somebody in their basement going, wouldn't it be great if it was written in the observer, Bruce Pritchard called the UFC trying to what? get rights to use Ken Shamrock's UFC footage on WWF television. WWF, uh, does air some UFC footage on TV, but is it you that called or is that just rumor and innuendo? No, I called him. How does that look? Like, do you just say, Hey, we'd like to license it sort of deal. I said, Hey, we've got Ken Shamrock here. We'd like to promote him as a UFC, um, former UFC challenge champion and challenger or whatever. And this will give your product some exposure that yep. you haven't had mainstream exposure. And we are going to build Ken up as a star coming from your world. And we'd like to help promote. And at the same time, you know, I think Vince had his eye on UFC as well. Uh, you know, they were having their, uh, problems and everything. Campbell McLaren and Meyerowitz, um, both really nice guys. Uh, Meyerowitz may be a little more paranoid than Campbell. Campbell was a pretty damn creative, creative guy. I think that, uh, Campbell got it, still gets it to this day. Um, but it was a, it was a very friendly conversation and just how can, how can we help each other? So I'm curious when you said, and Vince was looking at the UFC, does that really mean Shane? It's been said over the years that Shane really loved the idea of Vince and, and the company trying to acquire the UFC. Was Shane a big proponent behind the scenes to push for that? He may have, I mean, he may have, you know, been, I know he liked it and he always would talk about it, but, um, as far as him being involved in any of the talks that, that I was involved in and with Vince and or Meyerowitz, um, not really. Was there ever any consideration giving to, Hey, maybe we could bring in some other UFC fighters to help put Shamrock over. I only ask because not too long before this ECW had Paul Varlins come in, who had been on a couple of UFC programs only to have Taz beat him and get, get Taz over as this submission machine or what have you. Was that ever considered like, Hey, maybe we could get some of their guys to come in and, and help him make Ken look stronger. I, you know, I, no, uh, there really wasn't because the, 
more you widen out that spotlight, the, the less emphasis that there is on Ken. And we wanted the emphasis to be on Ken. You don't want to have 10 UFC fighters because then you have the UFC. If you only have one most dangerous man in the world, if you have, well, this is the second most dangerous, this is the third most dangerous, here's the fourth most dangerous, it begins to water them all down. So to bring in more would have been counterproductive. Well, let's talk about, uh, sort of the, the, put an end on the UFC talk. Uh, the Meltzer would say they did a Ken Shamrock UFC video showing lots of UFC footage. There was more to this than meets the eye as it's a part of a working relationship between the two promotions. Both groups are going to cooperate with each other in regard to footage. So you might see Ludwig Borg footage on UFC. Uh, they've promised to not say anything bad about the promotion publicly. So the UFC can't bury Shamrock publicly for going into pro wrestling. If they were thinking about that and the WWF in turn will push the, a, the May 30th UFC pay-per-view. So nice little deal you put together here, Bruce, just one hand washes the other. I like that stuff. Right. And usually, I mean, that's the best deals when everybody benefits. If you can go into something, I just want something from you, but I have nothing to give you. Uh, other than money, if I can give you something that you can't, that you can't get on your own or create something for you that can only materialize over here, then that's special. And that's what we were able to do and create. So before you know it, uh, we do have a mixed martial artist, uh, who's coming in here. I don't think at that point he had done anything with the UFC. He had been in Pancrase and a few others. Eventually he would have a couple of UFCs under his belt. I'm talking about Mr. Vernon white and man, I remember this. It was just, uh, something else. Vernon white comes into raw and, um, he's going to tap out in what's called a no holds barred exhibition. It only takes two minutes. And it was, well, not very good. Meltzer would say this was real bad. Shamrock has great charisma walking to the ring, but they have no clue how to book him. And this was a major step backwards. There's nothing that looks worse than a fake UFC match. The crowd didn't react and booed the tap out from punches. Since wrestling fans see that in almost every match as nothing but a transition spot, they needed a submission finish. White needed nine stitches since the glove punches, even with Shamrock holding back actually opened up his head badly and they went to the finish before doing a lot of planned spots. The camera shot away from the blood since it wasn't planned, but the rest of the show, there were two huge splotches of blood all over the mat. And there was white's blood all over Shamrock's chest. Vince then plugged the UFC pay-per-view on May 30th and said that no holds barred fighting is really misunderstood by many Americans and talked about how it incorporated tactics from wrestling, karate, and jujitsu. Uh, Vader came out and had a confrontation with Shamrock and then Vader destroyed Frank Stiletto in a style that Shamrock should be using, which was stiff blows, power moves and submissions. This is a great idea in execution, but boy, or, or in theory, but in execution, maybe it leaves a little bit left to be desired. What say you, what do you remember about this Vernon white experiment? It was one of Ken's students that Ken wanted to bring in and Ken had worked with before. And it was just something to show what Ken could do and nothing more, nothing less. How do we choose Vader for his first opponent? I think that when you look at a big bully like Vader, that you always want someone to be able to stand up to him, that you have a lot of confidence can bully him right back. 
And with Shamrock, I think that that was believable, that people believed that Ken Shamrock wouldn't back down from Vader and could possibly take Vader in a fight. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about, protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for GoliathLife.com, but to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. Goliath Life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath Life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath Life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Um, Vader's going to get detained in Kuwait, which is something we've covered in the archives. You should definitely go check it out. Our Vader episode is really one of the first episodes where we started to do super deep dives. Go check it out. It's early STW great stuff, but of course that's going to at least press pause on the whole Vader Ken story and the raw after Vader's incident, Ken Shamrock comes out and calls out Mike Tyson. Now, let me give you context. This is 1997. This is a year before Tyson is working with Steve Austin. Was this just you guys trying to get some headlines and and leverage? Hey, well, we got the world's most dangerous man and that's the baddest man. Let's just, Hey man, let's do a little grandstand here. Absolutely. And and you know what? I mean, Shamrock would love to fight Tyson. Of course. So it was, it was a bit, you know, ego stroking for Ken It's something that Ken wanted to do desperately. There's a video of Shamrock that airs on TV, uh, that shows him with his family and he's training his lion's den fighters and Meltzer even says it's a great video. And then we would see Shamrock do commentary for Vader versus Goldust, and Meltzer points out that his character improvement week by week is really noticeable. It feels like, man, you're starting to get in a rhythm here. And then Meltzer says that Shamrock has been learning some ring psychology from Bret Hart. Of course, Bret is still. Uh, hopping around on a bad knee and he's uh, got a little extra time. So he's spending it with Shamrock and Meltzer would write. Everyone realizes there's a lot on the line with the Shamrock Vader match, as far as it going at least. Okay. And they're working extra hard laying out the match this next week. I guess this is really, I'm not going to say make or break, but it is something where if you make a really strong impression here, you got somebody and he can prove himself to just be not middle of the pack. Right. Ken was definitely not middle of the pack and Ken used his time wisely, uh, went to Calgary, stayed in Calgary. Brett was off the road and Brett was in Calgary a lot. So there was a lot of time to sit, look at tape, look at everything and get in the dungeon and work with Ken on a daily basis. Um, 
I think that it was a good thing for Ken. I think, frankly, I think it was a good thing for Brett because it kept Brett occupied and kept Brett involved and kept his mind working and being able to do the things that Brett loves to do. So it was, it was all a positive time, in my opinion. In Your House, Cold Day in Hell is really more or less the Ken Shamrock show. I mean, I remember where I was when I watched this pay-per-view. I'm at my the height of my fandom. And, dude, this was just some ass-kicking stuff here. It's Shamrock and Vader, and Meltzer says they did an exceedingly stiff and more of a semi-shoot than most people would realize and what was very close to a UWF style before fans who didn't quite understand the meaning of a lot of what they were seeing. Meltzer would criticize the booking, saying Vader should have been someone he was built to face rather than doing it right away, and maybe he should have ran through a bunch of preliminary guys. But, man, as a fan who who spent money on the pay-per-view... I got my money's worth. This was a badass fight, not a match, but a fight. I loved it. What'd you think? Well, but the other thing about that is, is you bring someone in that you want to be a top guy. You book them with a top guy on top. Yeah. And sometimes guys will be able to, okay, work off of that build. Ken Shamrock wasn't one of them. And you have to just fine tune every, every single star, everybody's different. And I thought this was great. This is what Shamrock was built to do. I, I did wonder, you know, if you're one of the guys in the back watching this on a monitor and you've grown up in, I guess what we'll call traditional pro wrestling. And you see these guys beating the shit out of each other and bleeding quote unquote, the hard way. Is there a concern that some of the other guys are going to be like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. That ain't what I signed up for. Okay. What does that mean? It means that they're, you know, they're great workers. I'm not arguing that, but they really yeah, were they, beating they, the shit they out of great each workers. Other. Um, yeah, that's what they're supposed to make it look like. Again, not arguing, but we've heard stories out there from Kurt Angle where like Hulk Hogan referred to him as uh El Well, that's because Kurt was goddamn Olympic gold medalist and <laughs> thought everything was the fucking finals in Atlanta. <laughs> All right. So nobody goes out of their way to say, no, thanks. Don't want any part of that. Not that I remember. Cause again, Ken was safe. So he's safe from everything except safer than, safer than Vader. Well, yeah. So there's that. Uh, Shamrock is not safe from food poisoning though. He's pulled from the house shows and uh, it's also announced around the same time. Unbelievably that he's going to be working the FMW show in late September against Vader. Now we know that Vader boy, he loved working in Japan. It meant big paydays, but this is also what a couple of years after you guys told Scott Hall, no, you can't go to Japan. What's the thinking here with the FMW thing? Are you guys just trying whatever you can to get a footprint over there since WCW has a relationship with new Japan? No. Okay. Um, you know, first of all, the Scott Hall thing, that was something Scott Hall just wanted to go over and tour Japan, uh, with whoever they wanted to book him against and for the money that, you know, he was going to make. Um, this was a deal that was put together by us that FMW was paying WWE for this event, they were paying for a match mm. and it was WWE guy versus WWE guy. There was no concern as to who they were going to be working with and what kind of match or anything like that. So a complete, you're completely different deal than what was proposed with Scott Hall. And, you know, Victor Quinones brought this deal to us, uh, from Onita and 
it wasn't, you know, at all. God, if it was something about having a foothold in Japan, we would have done something completely different. This was a business opportunity that was brought to us. And it was good business at the time for us to be able to make some money off of two of our top stars. And that was it. So it's in the observer that there are now negotiations with Dan Severn about coming in to work with Ken. Uh, do you guys reach out to Dan and say, Hey man, what about doing what Ken's doing? Or does Dan say, Hey man, that looks pretty good. Let me get me some of that. I think we actually spoke to Dan long before we spoke to Ken Mm. and Ken just was looked at as the guy with more charisma. And then, uh, after a while, you know, we were still speaking to Dan and thought, okay, what if we brought Dan in? What if we were able to put together a couple of different factions, you know, with that MMA gimmick, if you will, of Severn and Shamrock. So by now you've gathered that Bruce and I recorded today's episode on Thanksgiving. That's how dedicated we are to you guys. But my experience today was a little weird on Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm actually, uh, usually a light sleeper and I would sleep, I don't know, five or six hours a night. And I would wake up super early, almost like a kid on Christmas, except instead of looking for Santa Claus, I was looking for the grill. I had to get that Turkey started. This year was different, buddy. I was reaching for alarm clocks, slapping stuff. Uh, and I woke up and was like, Hey, what's going on? Thanks. Chili sleep. I'm sleeping better than ever. Now I've known for a long time. The life hack was I sleep better when I'm cooler. So whenever I would go to a a hotel room or right before I go to bed, I crank down that AC Bischoff once visited and said, dude, you can hang meat in here at night. I just knew I slept better. What I didn't know is that science actually backs that up by lowering your core body temperature. You're going to restore your testosterone levels, repair your muscles after a hard day's work and improve your cognitive function. So you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. That's the technical way of explaining it. I just knew, Hey man, I sleep better when I'm cool. Chili sleep makes climate controlled solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. I'm living proof of that. I have a couch in my office and I used to take a little cat nap in the afternoons, you know, just five, 10, 15 minutes would be all I needed to power through the day. I don't need that at all anymore. I used to convince myself that this was some sort of life hack to take a brief nap. No, the life hack is sleep better at night. Like you're supposed to. And I'm doing that now. Thanks to the Uller. That's what I have. They also make a cube sleep system. Either way, they're hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers. So this fits over your existing mattress and provides you your ideal sleep temperature. Let me explain. You put this dude over your mattress. There's a little hose that hooks up to a gimmick on your nightstand. You're going to turn it on, pair it with your phone. That's right. There's an app for that. And now in your phone, buddy, it's like a remote control for the temperature of your bed. Doesn't get any cooler than that. Not only that, though, you can actually automate stuff. Like Megan likes to climb into a warm bed, but she doesn't want to wake up all hot and sweaty. So she goes to bed to a warm bed and two hours later, it starts cooling her off. Think about that. Tony Schiavone told me he sets his to over a hundred degrees in the winter. And then, you know, in the middle of the night, it starts to crank down. So he doesn't get all hot and sweaty, but then you can do the warm up to wake up. But what's great is Megan and I have different settings, right? I want to get into a cool bed. She wants to get into a warm bed. No problem. How cool is that? These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. The sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep and stay asleep and give you the confidence and energy you need to power through your day. For an extra layer of comfort, they also make the chili blanket. 
which is the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. Guys, I am sleeping better than ever. Instead of five or six hours a night, I'm doing seven, eight, nine hours, and I feel like I'm more productive. I know I'm more productive. I have more energy through the day. I'm accomplishing more. I'm taking on more tasks. Megan's probably annoyed about that, but the point is she's sleeping better too. She wears one of those gimmick bracelets that tells you how many disturbances you had through the night. Prior to Chili Sleep, she was at like 12 a night. With Chili Sleep, she's down to two. I don't have to tell you, she's sleeping a lot better. She's happier. She's feeling better. She's more productive. And she actually works out every morning, and she finds herself getting her personal best almost every single day. She credits a lot of that to Chili Sleep because she's getting restorative sleep. So she doesn't need as much time in recovery. Chili Sleep really helps with that, man. Head over to ChiliSleep.com forward slash wrestle to learn more and check out a special offer. Available exclusively for something to wrestle with listeners and only for a limited time. That's Chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash wrestle. Take advantage of this exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Listen, I know it seems like a gimmick. I understand it's hard to wrap your head around. Seeing is believing. Just go look at it. I believe in this. This is a non-negotiable in my life now. For the rest of my life, I'm going to have like bidets or washlets. I'm going to have wet wipes. I'm going to have a chilly sleep. I'm going to have water and diet. So there's a lot of things in my life that are just going to be there forever. Chili sleep is one of them. I have more than one now for personal use. That's right. I have a travel one. Go look at this and just seeing is believing. Uh, It's chilisleep.com forward slash wrestle. Just look at it. It'll make sense when you do chilisleep.com forward slash wrestle. Well, boys, fall is here and we can all use a stiff breeze. You know the deal. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life, but it can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. Well, that's where Blue Chew comes in. You see, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made right here in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And guys, we hear from the ladies all the time, there's nothing sexier than confidence. Well, BlueChew can help you get that confidence when it really counts. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Listen up. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code WRESTLE at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's right. BlueChew.com with the promo code WRESTLE and you'll receive your very first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. So Shawn Michaels is going to fight with Bret Hart and Ken Shamrock is scheduled to be his replacement as part of the Canadian stampede 10 man tag. And boy, is this a big deal for Shamrock or not? I mean, the Canadian stampede is still regarded as being one of the hottest crowds ever. Super fun match. We've covered it in the archives, but what a special show. And it's interesting to think about when Sean's out and boy, would it have been hot with him there? The guy you guys tap. To, to take the spot, Ken Shamrock, he's main eventing a pay-per-view within just a few months of being on the promotion and rubbing up against all the top stars. This is great stuff for him, dude. 
Well, he's in the main event with nine other guys. Yeah. But still like it, it, it's a vote of confidence, uh, f- from the promotion. Is it not? It was, I don't think anybody had any doubt whatsoever. that Ken wouldn't be able to hold his own with all those guys in there. So uh, on the heels of this though, he winds up essentially being married to Davy boy Smith. Why was Davy the right opponent for him? I just think that, you know, more than anything, probably a size matchup and someone that Ken could go out and have matches with and learn, but also somebody that Ken could look good in victory. There's an interesting angle on raw on June 9th. Mankind is being beaten up by the heart foundation when Austin and Shamrock run out for the save, but Austin is also going to drop Shamrock with a stunner. And this is the first time that Shamrock has, you know, been shown to have a weakness. Is this all business for him? Easy to do? Of course it's all business. What weakness? Everybody got stunned. No, not arguing that. I'm just saying at this point, he's really been bulletproof. Uh, and sometimes guys get, as you like to call it, boo-boo faced. Yeah, not at all. Ken's a businessman. Ken understood the business a lot more than people ever gave him credit for. Did you ever see a time where Shamrock could have been a heel against Austin? Um, yes, I think that he possibly could have, um, you know, there's a part of Ken's personality that is very heelish where it can be a dick. Yeah, he could, he could definitely come across as a dick and he could come across, um, very egotistical, but then there was that other part of Ken that you just couldn't not like, right? And that kind of shined through too on him. And, and I think that there was something about him and it was that, that inner confidence that made Ken stand out above everybody else in many ways. Isn't it interesting, you know, and you know this better than, than I ever could, but I find it interesting that sometimes you meet some of like the biggest stars in the world, or it's almost like the bigger, the star, the nicer, the guy. And it starts to click like, oh, this is why this guy's successful. Everybody likes him. Everybody likes working with him. Yeah. Like me. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, we haven't talked about it, but I bet like if I had to guess, and I know we didn't talk about current stuff. I bet Johnny Knoxville was a dream to work with. I bet Johnny Knoxville being a big star, uh, you know, a movie star or what have you, he was probably a slam dunk to deal with. And maybe you get some other, I don't know, less than a, a list celebrities or whatever. And well, they might be a more pain in the ass. Is that fair to say? I think whenever anybody comes into our environment and sees the magnitude of it, it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, they're look, they're, they're people too. You have good people. You have bad people. Sure. So raw on June 16th features Austin and Shamrock agreeing to a singles match, but of course it never happens. And maybe it would have been too soon. And then something that might not happen today. Uh, Dan Severin appears on the June 23rd raw and he comes out to have a face-to-face confrontation, but winds up shaking hands with Ken. And it's written in the observer that even though Dan was on the show, no deal was made. And this is definitely a different era where you're putting guys on TV and no deal could be made because we're not too far removed from Alex Luger, just showing up on the other channel unannounced. I guess there's no real concern that Dan's going to do that. And even if he did, maybe it's no loss, but it feels like, Hey, if we if we might do a deal with him, we probably want to have him on paper before we trot him out on TV. Yeah. All he did was walk out, shake hands behind the scenes. How, how hesitant were these two guys to work together? We've heard over the years, maybe they didn't have problems losing to this guy or that guy, 
but that creative and, and professionalistic, I don't know, rivalry is still there with these two guys. So I'm curious. Yeah, I think both thought that there was still a, a fight yeah. between the two of them and that they didn't want to just throw that away. So Shamrock does TV against Hunter and gets the win and Meltzer would write quote. It's amazing how both how quickly Shamrock is developing into a solid American style worker and how quickly they're ruining him as an attraction who can draw money because he can work. And that made me question to you, Bruce, does Ken's ability to transform himself into a more traditional professional wrestling style, if you will, does that perhaps hurt his chances? Do you think at being a quote unquote mainstream draw, or is that just silly nonsense from the observer? Silly nonsense. Okay. So he's getting better at his craft doing a lot better. Well, that's going to hurt him as an attraction. No, it just made him more of an attraction because of all the things that he could do. So as we said, on the other side of the Canadian stampede thing, he's really married to bulldog and, uh, he's going to be taking on bulldog at SummerSlam. and boy, there are some silly steps here. Remember, this is the, the era where the heart foundation, they're, they're heels in America, but baby faces everywhere else. And this SummerSlam is just littered with stakes. There's the whole kiss my ass thing with, with Owen and Austin, but then the bulldog shamrock thing is if bulldog loses, he'll eat dog food. So let's just put that in context. A guy goes from being a badass in the ultimate combat sport. And now he's wrestling a guy where somebody's going to have to eat dog food. Wrestling at times can be silly. Well, you wait because the next UFC match is going to have somebody eating dog food. <laughs> uh, there's house show lineups after SummerSlam, which feature Brett versus Shamrock. I get the impression Brett really liked Ken and saw a huge upside in him. Would I be wrong in saying that? Brett definitely liked Ken and, and liked the style and liked that type of match that he could have with Ken and go out and do every night. So there was chemistry between Brett and Shamrock and it showed in the ring and there was an intensity that you can't always put your finger on and that match and that, that whole program had, had the it factor to it. So there's an arm wrestling contest here between bulldog and Shamrock that ends with bulldog headbutting Shamrock and killing him with chair shots and then pouring dog food all over him. Hypothetically. What does that sound like when you go pitch it? God damn. This is where you do funny impressions. What? This is where you do funny impressions and make people laugh. I don't do funny impressions. You used to. I remember. No. Huh? Could you hear him doing it? No, but I'd love to hear Jim Cornette doing it. What we're doing is why you ever like go to feed. Well, you know. Your your dog, uh, you know, you know when 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 well you know it about five sometime well you know four thirty, I don't know well you know and, and your dog is hungry, you know and they're looking at you with well you know with the eye you know, the eyes you know and 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 you and, 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 and you get the well you know the thing that that you turn turn you know you know to 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 open the well you know the can you know. And, and, you know, and you get it on your finger 
and then you get the mayonnaise, you know, and some some walnuts, and well, you know, and you chop them up, and and then you you well, you know, and you get some you know grapes. Well, it ain't bad, you know. We'll put some grapes in it. Well, you know. Well, you know. So Shamrock and Bulldog takes place at SummerSlam, and while the match isn't all that memorable. It becomes a little more memorable when he destroys all the referees, Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson. What do you remember about that? And how much fun was Pat Patterson having out there? Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, <laughs> how much fun was I having in the back watching Briscoe get suplexed by Shamrock? That was absolutely tremendous. So it was, it was just a great time and it was chaos and just kind of showed the world's most dangerous man illustrating that point that he could explode at any time. Awesome. How much, how much fun did you have fucking with Jerry? Like, Hey, remember when you were a shooter and you'd make me tap out? Well, why don't you do that to Ken? I'm sure you were stoking that fire. Never. I don't (laughs) stoke fires. It's really the first time here that Ken gets a superstar reaction. And there's a pretty iconic clip of him yelling, get out of my way. And, and man, you got to think when you're watching that back or when you're watching it live, oh shit, that's it, man. We got something he's made. He did. Cause he had that animal magnetism that by God, you did not want to piss him off. Unfortunately, during the course of the match, he winds up bruising his kidneys and that's as brutal as it sounds. He winds up coughing up blood. Uh, I don't know how serious it is after the fact, but. Still one night stand is coming up in England, which is a UK only pay-per-view, uh, or I'm sorry. One night only is what it was called over in the UK. One night stand was the ECW thing. And, uh, then from England, we're going to Madison square garden for raw in Albany, New York. And then there's going to be a raw taping there. Uh, and then we've got the Kawasaki baseball stadium in Japan for FMW. Now as a UFC fighter, boy, he is not used to this type of crazy schedule, but here he is. Now he's a WWF superstar, you know, going from New Jersey to England, back to New York, back to Japan. Was the travel really starting to get to Ken? Because this has got to be the worst part of being a WWE superstar at the time. It's just this crazy schedule. I think a part of it probably was cause he was also human. Yeah. So, uh, Hey, let's don't forget. I was making all those damn trips too. Uh, so yeah, it gets to you after a while. Well, but there's certain types of people who like living on the road and, and get comfortable to it and, and actually start to enjoy it. Like Ric Flair, whatever he's doing today, he'd be just fine getting on a plane and going somewhere else. Uh, you and I both know that that's just in his personality, but I get the vibe that a lot of UFC guys, you know, man, that they wake up and they train in the same gym every day. And then they go do this big fight, you know, every other month or once a quarter or what have you. But this is definitely something that you've got to, I don't know, get callous to. Is that fair to say? It's a mindset. And it's definitely a mindset that you've got to get used to and that you've got to embrace and go whole hog in. And yeah, it takes a little while, I think. And Ken adapted to it. Well, I think that during the time that Ken was doing it, Ken embraced and enjoyed all of it was one of those guys that did enjoy traveling and did enjoy going out and doing that shit. All right. All right. All right. We're all adults here. And some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focused, or just unwind after a long day. Well, if you or someone, you know, loves nicotine, you're going to love Lucy nicotine. I love, I don't know if we, anyway, 
Lucy Nicotine is a company that was created to help nicotine users find a cleaner option and feel better about the ways they consume nicotine. Their latest product, it's the Slim Nicotine Pouches. These contain pure synthetic nicotine and provide the same satisfaction that nicotine users expect without any tobacco at all. Lucy Slim Pouches use the newest technology for synthesizing pure nicotine in the lab, none of the tobacco, all of the nicotine satisfaction. Lucy Slim Pouches include both coconut oil and gum base to provide a soft, fluffy texture that enhances the flavor and doesn't dry out your mouth. They come in three strengths, four, eight, and 12 milligrams, and three exclusive and delicious flavors, spearmint, mango, and cool cider. Now, maybe you're not someone who uses nicotine, but we all know someone who does. And I think Lucy nicotine is something they're going to love. It's 2021. So don't compromise when you're choosing your nicotine products. Go with the newest tobacco free options from Lucy. Listen up something to wrestle with listeners. Go to Lucy.co and use the promo code wrestle to get 20% off your order of Lucy slim pouches or any other Lucy products. That's Lucy.co. And the promo code is wrestle at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer a warning. This product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. That's lucy.co and be sure to use the promo code wrestle. Hey, so check this out. Have you ever thought about the way we use the internet and how much it's changed over the last decade? I mean, when I first started getting online, I had to connect through the modem. It made those funny sounds. It took forever to photos to load, buddy. We've all got the internet in our pocket and it's got all of our personal information, not just our photos, but our credit cards, everything. It's all right there online. Well, aura is here to provide complete digital security to help protect your online accounts, finances, devices, and more all in one easy to use app. And I know what you're thinking. Well, no, I've got this thing on my computer, but I've had it forever. Yeah. Isn't that weird? You're still not using a phone from 10 years ago or a computer from 10 years ago. Why are you still relying on old security for new technology? Doesn't make any sense. Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, your personal information, and your tech all safe from online threats. It's all in one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast, like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked, or maybe someone tried to open a bank account in your name. You see, Aura is easy to set up. All their plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help you recover your stolen funds. And they've got experienced U.S.-based customer support that's got your back. Aura is a new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com slash wrestle. Go to Aura.com slash wrestle to get complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash wrestle. So Shamrock is going to lose for the first time on a house show tour in Canada. He loses to Owen Hart. Um, you know, it is a house show. It's not on TV, but as you said, Ken was all business. He winds up defeating Farouk on an edition of raw in the intercontinental title tournament. Of course it's vacant because Austin's injured. Uh, and he's actually going to be attacked by the nation before the Legion of doom save him. And then Shamrock doesn't end up wrestling Owen at one night only because he's got a lung infection, but he still flies to England and winds up putting rockabilly in an ankle lock. Uh, probably not the best idea in hindsight to be flying with a lung infection, but in those days, man, you, you just made your dates. 
You uh, did what you had to do. He winds up being removed from the intercontinental title tournament due to injury. And he's apparently heavily fined for missing a shot in Albuquerque. And Jr. has talked about how ultimately Ken's upward mobility was never really achieved. He never reached the heights he could have because in Jr.'s assessment, Ken proved to just not be as reliable as the company needed him. And this looks like the first time that he wasn't just late, but just completely missed a show. And as a result, here comes the big fine. When did that become an issue? At least in your mind, how, how did, what, did what become an issue? Him missing a show, being late, missing shows, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, literally around this time, but I think that, that Ken was also in a lot of pain and I don't know that Ken was used to dealing with it and, or knew how to deal with it on that level. That makes any sense. You know what I mean? He always had managers and people around him that could do all those things. And here Ken was on his own. Uh, Ken still wrestles the FMW show and, uh, it's in the observer that he takes a power bomb from Vader and immediately coughs up blood quote, according to reports, both Vader and WWF representative, Bruce Pritchard appeared to be very concerned in the ring at that point, And they went right to the finish with shamrock being unable to get up by the count of 10 and the referee stopping the match at seven minutes and 17 seconds. Vader in the cage was screaming to get a doctor in the ring. I remember getting a tape of this. This is back during the tape trading era. And man, this was, uh, unbelievable because I, I, I was scratching my head. Is this real? Is this a story? What do you remember of this? Well, I remember a lot about it. Uh, dealing with Onita was, was interesting to, to say the least. Um, is he a goof? Um, you know, look, uh, every time that I was around him, he was, he was fine, very respectful, very nice. Uh, but I had a, you know, different, I had a different relationship with him and a different dealing with him. You know what I mean? I didn't work for him. I didn't, uh, he didn't work for me. And it was a working together relationship that we had. Uh, and it was through Victor Quinones. So, you know, my dealings with Onita were few and far between, but I mean, he was fine to me. Um, he just could be a little aloof, as Terry Funk would say. He's he's an aloof bastard. Don't trust the son of a bitch. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was fine, man. He, he paid us up front. Everything, everything was great. Uh, you know, you talk about the match and, and things of that nature. It's like, come Come on, please. I love how Meltzer uh, put over my working ability there. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, what's funny is I think it was a work. Yeah. I think you and I talked about this. One of the first, I don't know, first few months we hung out and I asked about this and you made the same face. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like it's entertainment, but boy, I'm a great worker. You had everybody convinced what? Yes. Uh, so shamrock returns. That's what, that's what you do. When you go out and you work in front of an audience and you're and you're good and you be able and you're able to tell stories, and that's what we were doing. We were telling a story that night. Did you pull a muscle? In my no no, no jacking yourself off right there about how good your work was. I just I didn't know if it was strenuous or. I know you get confused because I was patting myself on the back. <laughs> I might be doing one and the same, but. Yeah. If you can do both at the same time, I'm going to need there you go. Stephanie to film that for me. 
Uh, so Shamrock returns. He's in the main event. Video thing here. What? Oh yeah. They all hanging out. We should start recording the video. No, we're not going to record these. People would absolutely love to see you looking like uh, Playboy Buddy Rose getting ready for the blowaway dot here in your robe. That's uh, wide open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I'm a Harvey Weinstein right now with that robe all the way open. Yeah. So listen, Shamrock's going to return. He's in the main event with Sean on raw. It's November 3rd. And we're going to see Shamrock beat Michaels by DQ when rude and triple H interfere, but Michaels taps before that. And the ref missed it. This is a big step for Ken because he's in the main event and he's getting Sean to tap. Even if the referee missed it. Uh, and then of course, Hunter hit Shamrock with a pedigree and well, we'll move on. Uh, survivor series happens and shamrock tags with Ahmed and Legion of doom to take on the nation. And the purpose of the match is to really get Ken over and considering what's going to happen to Brett later on is the plan. As far as you know, to go with Ken and Sean at the next in your house. Hell, I don't know. Probably. So the match closes with shamrock and Rocky Maivia and shamrock gets the win with the ankle lock. Uh, it's incredible what history these guys are going to have together. And there's always been rumor and innuendo that Brett said he would have put over Shamrock for the title. And Cornette even said, allegedly put Shamrock in the ring with Brett and he'll get the job done. Do you think there was ever any consideration that, Hey man, if we need to, we can just hit the panic button and program Brett and, uh, and Kent not saying, oh, he's going to beat him up for real. But if he was offering to say, I won't drop it to Sean, but I'll do it for Ken. Was that ever even considered? No, it was not. So I'm curious, what's Ken Shamrock's reaction to the screw job. I only asked because it's mentioned in the observer quote, Hart was probably more responsible than anyone, uh, in getting Shamrock into the WWF as he was the one who sought Shamrock out and basically recruited him and then helped spend a lot of time training him. So what's Shamrock's takeaway? Do you remember having a, a, a sit down conversation with him about all this or what do you remember? No, Ken came in and asked how he could help us and wanted to go in to protect Vince. If anything was going to happen. Okay. And Brett, I don't know what Brett had to do with recruiting Ken Shamrock. Well, I know that Brett had an awful lot to do with the training of Shamrock and sure. having having him up there in Calgary, absolutely. And did a great job with that, but recruiting him, I have no recollection of that. Not saying he did or he didn't, but I don't have any recollection at all of that. Well, the next night on raw shamrock is immediately positioned as the next challenger. Uh, Him and Hunter are in the main event, but there's a screw up. The match is supposed to end with Sean interfering and shamrock pinning him and the ref counting the three. And as Meltzer speculates is to take some heat off of Michaels, but the show goes off the air. With Shamrock down, apparently being pinned after Michaels hit him with the briefcase. Is this just bad timing? Is Ken pissed off afterwards? Do you remember this? No, it ended just like it was supposed to end. Oh, okay. So we're building for Sean and Shamrock and Shamrock's going to cut this weird promo where he says he's friends with Brett and would defend his honor against Sean at in your house. Uh, what? Why would, why would you guys approve that? I think that's what everybody was talking about. Oh, so if everybody's talking about it, go ahead and lean into it. Exactly. Take it from there. So uh, this is interesting from the observer in early December quote, Dan Severin has had another negotiation with Jim Ross. It appears the WWF wants to go with Michaels versus Austin undertaker versus Kane and Shamrock versus Severin at mania. 
Uh, Severin doesn't want to come in to just be a guy to put Shamrock over, uh, over, and they offered him a program besides the Shamrock program. Could you have seen that being like third from the top at WrestleMania? No, it's an answer. I don't, I, I don't, I think that by this point, people wanted to see Ken in our world doing our stuff. And by, by this time also, I think that, uh, Dan's stock had also kind of dropped quite a bit that world um you know to me dan severin is like a uh, i think he's one of if not you know the most well respected you know mma fighter um from those early days man cuz dan is a class guy he's a tough guy honest you know just Back in the old days, you would have made not when they made Dan NWA champion. By then, it was not even a shell of itself. Right. Um, but in the old days, Dan Severn would have been like the NWA champion that we could travel all around, look look the part, like Dory. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but by this time, I don't know that Dan still had that cachet, and it would have just been to appease a very small group of fans. Oh, wow. Wouldn't you love to have this? And I, that may have been more of JR fantasy booking than actual reality and creative. Well, let's talk about some reality here. It's announced that Ken Shamrock will be taken on Takata for the UFC pay-per-view on December 21st. And it's rumored that SEG, the parent company before Dana White and the Fertitas, uh, the Zufa organization bought the UFC. Uh, anyway, allegedly SEG offers the WWF a hundred grand for the right to book Shamrock. Do you remember this? I remember something about it, uh, but it also, I don't think it went any further than that. Really. It just wasn't, it wasn't something that we really wanted to do, but it was something that Ken really wanted to do. So Shamrock does the December pay-per-view with Sean in the main event. Uh, they go 18 minutes and 29 seconds. Shane, or I'm sorry, Sean loses by DQ because Owen Hart does a run in and, uh, well, they're off to the races, uh, you know, looking for the ability to capitalize on all the bread stuff. Anyway, the match gets three stars. It, it, that's probably what the match is most remembered for is Owen. But what do you think? I mean, this is really. His first main event. Yes, he did the Canadian stampede, but as you said, there's nine other guys. This is one-on-one for the WWF world title. And no, it's not SummerSlam or WrestleMania or even the Royal rumble. It is in your house, but still man, main event, top billing for the strap. Uh, and Ken, Ken held his own. Ken hung in there with Sean and Ken did a hell of a job. And from that, he immediately starts going into training for the UFC. Um, of course, the UFC deal falls apart fairly quickly, and Ken is right back on TV. Was the perception at the time internally after you hear something like that? that hey, man, UFC just doesn't have their shit together. Well, they didn't. Yeah, you know, they were shopping it, and it was out there that they were in financial troubles and and what have you. So it wasn't something that you could look at and go, "Hey, man, this is this is my long term." deal under the management that it was at the time. And I just think that, you know, um, the rules change, the, the whole overhaul of 
what the UFC was, was able to take it mainstream and get people involved. Uh, at that time, I think that there were too many people against it and an unwillingness at the top to change. They were, they were more interested in the fight, thinking that the fight was going to get them publicity and that the fight was going to get them uh, where they needed to be. And they didn't see the, the real writing on the wall, which was change it up a little bit, make it a little bit more contemporary, and you could have something. And that's something that Dana White was able to pull off. Um, and I, I don't know that, that Meyerowitz was definitely all that keen on, on continuing. Uh, obviously, you know, again, uh, Campbell, I think, was and has. I think Campbell's always wanted to continue on and adapt and change, and that's something he's proven to be very successful at. We should also mention that uh, right after this, Shamrock is scheduled to be in the main event in Oklahoma City uh, with Danny Hodge as his second, which is kind of fun. Oh, fresh. Put, put Hodge in his corner. Hey, he's over instantaneously. Trashel Frash, Perry, Oklahoma, Dan Hodge on the cover, on the cover of the Perry phone book, both pages right there on the cover. Check this out. He's supposed to be taking on triple H, not Danny Hodge, Ken Shamrock and Sean Michaels is uh, going to be his second, but the crowd gets so unruly that Sean just walks off and the match is canceled and it starts a freaking riot. Hanging from the raft of the baby. Hanging from the rafters, we had a riot. Everybody got triple, quadruple juice. Everything's wonderful. <laughs> Shamrock does slide down the card. He's positioned to start working with The Rock. He's all the way down to The Rock. Uh, Shamrock is one of the few guys who gets one main event shot and then seemingly never again. Is this just based on his reliability, or was it just a matter of timing? I think more than anything, it's a matter of timing. So when Mike Tyson makes his deal with the WWF, is there ever any consideration to really trying something with Shamrock and Tyson, or is it always only Austin? It was all at that point. It was all Austin all the way. So Shamrock starts feuding with the rock, but still cuts a promo on Austin that he's going to meet him at the rumble. Mark Henry joins the nation and turns on Ken Shamrock in a tag match. Uh, and then Shamrock loses to Rocky by DQ at the rumble after he originally gets the pin. But Rock has bat brass knuckles put in his tights, and the decision is reversed. This is uh, pretty creative. Is that a Pat Patterson finish? Because that's fun. That's your face. That's your face. So Shamrock also gets thrown out by Rocky in the Rumble as well. And now we've got a No Way Out main event. It's eight man, and this is great. Shamrock, Ahmed, and the DOA against the nation. Uh, before we get there on Rock, uh, on raw, the rock is going to kill shamrock with a steel chair to the face. Um, any hard feelings on the other side of that one? Do you recall? Because boy, that's a shit. That's a shot that we would see for years and years. I believe that was Ken's idea. Wow. So shamrock gets the tap out win over Rocky at no way out, but it's more of a backdrop because there's problems with the nation and now a rematch is going to be there scheduled. Always problems with the nation. I mean, look around Conrad. There are, man, especially these days. The nation divided. Uh, so now Rock and Shamrock are uh, on a collision course for WrestleMania. And I know what you're going to say here, Bruce. Ken didn't need the belt, but he hadn't really, really at this point beaten anyone of note outside of Vader. And he's only beaten Rocky in an eight man. 
Meanwhile, on the other side, Goldberg's rising through the ranks of WCW, and there's a ton of comparisons between him and Austin, but I guess the comparisons between him and Shamrock could be hard to ignore since they're trying to position Goldberg as a quote unquote shoot fighter type guy. Um, was there ever any consideration to, Hey man, what if we made Ken our Goldberg, like just no. have him work that sort of style and, and build up a streak and all that jazz. Not at all. So at mania, Rocky beats Shamrock again by DQ, but once again, reverse decision. Shamrock gets the win at 4:49 by tap out, but he puts the move on after the match and the referees reverse the decision. And maybe there's something to be said here about baby faces who seemingly never win. Uh, and I guess at this point it's time to turn Shamrock and get him heated up because Austin's going to need challengers, but you don't do that because instead Shamrock continues to feud with the nation as Farouk gets kicked out of the nation and Shamrock helps make the save. So at backlash, it's Shamrock, Steve Blackman and Farouk against Rocky D'Lo and Mark Henry. Man, Ken is just like stuck in six man hell here. Um, is this in your opinion, more of the reliability thing? Like, Hey, if he's in a six man tag and he doesn't show no big deal, we'll just make it a tag match and put the other guy on the outside. No, I think it was just a matter of where he fit in at the time. And there was a lot of different things going on and that's where Ken fit at the time. So Dan finally signs and he debuts on TV and now the tease is on, uh, ultimately Shamrock gets hurt in a brawl with his ankle. So it makes his work in the six man, very limited. Uh, Rocky beats Farouk for the win. Uh, and I don't know if it's uh, an injury thing or a tardiness thing or whatever, but it feels like Ken's maybe fallen out of favor, even though you're saying that's not necessarily the case. Uh, uh, either way we see Owen turn on Ken in a tag match as he becomes the second person to do it to Ken and then join the nation. So Ken and Owen are now going to be married up for the summer. And this is probably something that Ken enjoyed given his friendship with Brett and now he's working with Owen. They're probably good to go on that deal. Yeah, absolutely. And it was again, a natural progression, but I, I think, you know, it's like, Oh God, did the push and they emphasize still on top of the main program. It, it was still a star. Some got to, some got to win. Some got to lose. Good time. Charlie's got the blues. Oh gosh. Uh, so Owen hurt shamrock to let him heal up his ankle. And in that time, Ken releases a book regarding his life story and focused on the UFC and the WWF does very little to promote it. Was this done against the company's wishes or something since they didn't own, they just didn't want to promote. Well, it wasn't something that we owned and television time is very valuable. So copy that. Yep. Owen Hart winds up destroying Severin too. And it's speculated in the observer that there's talk of putting together a group called the shooters, which would be Shamrock Severin and Steve Blackman. Was that ever real? Was that considered? God, it was actually talked about and it would never have worked because nobody was a strong promo. Well, no. Okay. If, okay. If they're the shooters and they're real, what's everybody else? Oh, thank you. Okay. Stupid idea. Well, that makes sense. Horrible idea. The shit. <laughs> okay. Would never work. Got it. Okay. Ken comes back in time for King of the Ring and uh, he gets the biggest win of his career up to that point. 
he defeats the rock in the finals. So this is a jump start that Ken Ken probably needs. And unfortunately the next big idea is the brawl for all it's starting to take shape. It's one of our favorite episodes in the archives of something to wrestle. Go check it out. It's reported that he was asked to do the brawl, but then turned it down. That's still the way you remember that, right? That is what happened. Yes. So Ken felt that he goes, he goes, look, man, he goes, I, I, I made $50,000 for a sheet fight. Why would I want to do it for five? So Dan does an interview on the internet where he talks about how, well, Ken didn't get his body by just working out. Do you know if Ken heard this? Was there heat here? Because this can't be something he was happy to read. Yeah, absolutely. Ken was not happy about it at all. And, you know, felt that it was uncalled for, especially since Dan was in our camp and it just wasn't whether there's personal animosity there or not, I have no idea, but I just don't think it was a good thing to say and or do shamrock works. The summer house shows and submission matches with Owen and it's announced for fully loaded. It'll be shamrock versus Owen in the dungeon of Stu Hart's house with Dan Severin as the referee. Uh, how does this come to be? And who asks Stu to use the house and how do you guys get permission given the whole nonsense with Brett? And the screw job, this feels like this would have been pretty political. Not political at all. Okay. It was Owen's idea and Owen asked Stu and, and Stu was more than happy to do it. I mean, we did a lot of improvements in the basement by doing that match, put some air conditioning up in the ceiling and pulled down some pipes. So it was good. So shamrock is, um, going to lose to Owen Hart here in four minutes and 53 seconds at fully loaded. It's a match taped in the basement of Stu Hart's home in Calgary. It was done a few days earlier. And Meltzer would say it's hard to pull something like this off because of the limitations of not having a ring and it's seeming to be dead with no crowd, but they worked very stiff and believable, at least by WWF standards. And it was real good for what it was. Both banged each other's head into the wall. Hard Hart holding a ceiling pipe took shamrock over in a hurricane Rana. At one point, Hart smashed Shamrock's head through the low ceiling, which clearly has had many heads smashed through over the years. They did their house show finish with Hart getting the sharpshooter, but Shamrock doing a nice reversal into an ankle lock. But this time Hart got out of the ankle lock. Shamrock goes to kick Hart, but instead the referee, Dan Severin, gets the kick. Hart then knocks out Shamrock, hitting him upside the head with a dumbbell. And then Hart gets behind Shamrock and begins tapping Shamrock's hand on the mat. And when Severin staggers to his senses, he sees the tap and rules Owen the winner. Three stars. What do you remember about this dungeon match? This was an interesting concept and um, maybe pretty special for the time. I absolutely loved it because it was different and it was the guys that needed to be in it doing it. I thought it was believable and just a shitload of fun. You know, people always romanticized about the dungeon. Here you got to see it and have a match in it. And it was good. It was fun. And it was, like I said, we made a lot of improvements to the dungeon. So now Severin and Shamrock are going to be built to face each other, but it only happens in a three way on Raw, August 17th. Severin's going to choke out Shamrock. Why is that? Why is it just one and done here? These guys just wanted to stay apart. Or, uh, you know, save it for the real deal. Yeah. I, I just don't think, I don't think that people had a lot of confidence in, in the match. There's talking, I, including the performers, frankly, 
Right. Uh, so there's talk in the observer that Shamrock had agreed to meet the winner of the brawl for all tournament under brawl for all rules. I don't think that ever happened. Do you remember that being discussed? No. So it wasn't, it never, it never got, I mean, it never got to that point. SummerSlam is announced as Owen versus Shamrock now in a lion's den match, which is kind of interesting. So just to give you some context, we've had regular matches. Now we're going to have one on Owen's territory, the dungeon where he grew up. Now we're going to have one in Ken's territory, the lion's den, which is really just like a UFC style cage. And Dan Severin is going to be in Owen's corner this time as his trainer. Um, it's not like a UFC style cage. It was an awesome cage. It was a lion's den. Yeah. It ramped like, up and it was different. Yeah. It was cool as shit. Actually. I thought. So that happens at SummerSlam and the entire match is done at the theater at MSG, which is adjacent to the arena. Uh, this is another nice way to sell some more tickets, right? You can fill this theater and they can watch the show on the big screen, but then they get this match here in front of them. Old school MSG. Really, really fun. Ultimately Severin walks off from Owen. It seems like we're back to building Dan and Ken again. Uh, and then Shamrock is going to challenge Austin to a match on raw, uh, but Vince stops it from happening. Could you have seen in an alternate universe, Austin Shamrock as a WrestleMania main event? Maybe, but we'll never know. It does happen coming off a two week hiatus from the U S open on USA. We're going to combat nitro running Goldberg versus sting for the first time ever. So Goldberg versus sting does get the ratings win. Um, but raw overall wins that night. And the match ends with Taker giving Shamrock a choke slam. And right after this, Mankind, Shamrock, and Rocky form like a mini trio. Boy, those are some big stars there, but I don't know that I would have. I mean, when you think of those guys, it doesn't feel like that works, but somehow it did. Sure, it did. You got the macaroni guy and then the other macaroni guy and the most dangerous man. Okay. Okay, it was ravioli, macaroni, macaroni, ravioli, a lot of So so you got macaroni, ravioli, and pie. Okay. There you go. All of a sudden, the trio is forced into a triple threat match at breakdown by Vince McMahon. It's a cage match. Rocky's gonna get the win after Mankind hits Shamrock with a chair, and instead of pinning him, Foley goes to escape and Rock just crawls over and pins Shamrock. So the finish kind of makes Foley look moronic, but still uh Does it if he loves the rock? Okay. Did it for the rock <laughs> raw has a main event with shamrock mankind and the rock taking on Kane and undertaker shamrock gets a gigantic face pop when he puts taker in the ankle lock. And it feels like the wheels are in motion for shamrock to turn heel, but I don't know that we're ready yet. Shamrock instead wins the IC title in a one night tournament. And boy, he is a badass heel at this point. He goes through Steve Blackman, Val Venus, X-Pac. It's so fun to think about Ken as, as the top heel, uh, he gets the win over mankind here to retain his IC title at judgment day. Pretty innovative finish. Shamrock has mankind in the ankle lock and to block the pain from the ankle Foley starts punching himself in the head and then pulls out his hair and finally puts the mandible claw on himself to pass out. Uh, Shamrock goes nuts when Finkel announces it's the claw that gave him the victory. He hits all the referees until Foley puts him down with Mr. Sacco. Shamrock gave it three and a quarter stars, 
but man, Foley and Shamrock here were just tremendous. Were they not? Yeah, they were. And I love the finish because, and I believe that was Mick's idea to get to that finish. And it was just absolutely classic because no one would have ever called that. No doubt. So Shamrock Austin is put together on the night that Shane McMahon turns baby face on his father. It's an I quit match. Mankind puts the claw on Shamrock and Austin hits Shamrock with a chair and uses Shamrock's hand to tap out and gives himself the win. Uh, and now there's all of a sudden talk of maybe Shamrock wanting to return to the UFC. Uh, did this stall him or was, was, I guess it's chicken in the egg. Was he unhappy with his creative, the travel, the money? Uh, or was, was him just seeing this as an opportunity, maybe what stalled the creative or the travel or the money? I think you can take the fighter out of the fight and you never take the fight out of the fighter. Okay. And I think that Ken always had this longing to go back to UFC and to fight. So rock and shamrock are new, their rivalry on raw, but it's in opposite roles because now the rock's not a heel. He's a baby face and shamrock's not a baby face. He's a heel. They have a great match on November 2nd in Houston. And it really is amazing to see the progression from the first time these guys hooked it up back in 97 to here in 98, their one year evolution is really special. Is it not? Oh, absolutely. And, and you got to see both guys grow over, you know, kind of similar timeframes and experience really. And both guys grew a ton and blossomed big time during those years. So let's, uh, let's mention Ken Shamrock is actually in the first ever hardcore title defense by mankind. Uh, and he's going to lose the match when boss man interferes under Vince McMahon's orders. And this is set up. So everyone thinks that Foley is with Vince when it's really Rocky. And this is probably some of the best work that Ken did during his entire WWF run. Is it not? Because it was character driven. And yeah. I think that's what, you know, what helped and got people more interested. And, you know, to your point, when he did more character stuff, you cared more. So the rock defeats shamrock in the semifinals on the WWF title tournament at survivor series. But the next night, the corporation is formed around the rock and boss man and shamrock. I'm curious is Ken needed for this group. It feels, I don't know. Mishmash. Yes. The whole, that to me, that whole corporation at that time was mishmash. It just was kind of, Oh, you're walking down the hall. Whoever you bump to, you're in the corporation. So I feel good. So Al Snow calls Ken Shamrock a three-way hardcore title match when he hits Shamrock with a head and then mankind gets the pin. And this all seems like a quick drop on Shamrock, man. I don't know what the hell's happening here. It doesn't feel like Shamrock at this point was built to be like, I don't know. Is he the heel lackey or is he supposed to be more Arn Anderson and the horseman? I wouldn't say he would ever want to be Arn Anderson. Uh, but I think that, you know, Ken was somebody that was very believable in anything that you put him in. You don't like Arn Anderson. You said, is he supposed to be Arn Anderson? I well, he was like that. the enforcer of the horseman is what I was trying to draw. And you're like, ah, oh, nobody. Well, I thought that was, yeah, that was just a gimmick. Oh, okay. I didn't know we were talking about real life. I didn't know if they were at Denny's. Yes, it's real life. Everything we do is real life, Conrad. I'm real and I'm alive. Okay. Are you sure? Do you know something I don't know? So at rock bottom, the new age outlaws defeat Shamrock and boss man to retain the tag titles when, uh, Michaels helps interfere, but it backfires backfires and gun gets the pin. 
uh, in hindsight, do you think Bossman should have taken the pin here? It doesn't yes. matter. hundred percent. Uh, they win the tag titles on raw after DX does its parody of the corporation. So shamrock is a double champion now, and this is probably as high as Ken's ever going to be placed. You know, he's, he's been the king of the ring. Now he's a tag champ. He's an IC champ. And that's how he ends 1998. And, uh, we're going to cover shamrocks exit from the company in a later time. We're out of time today. I know you're in a tight schedule today, Bruce. And, uh, this was fun, man. I liked catching up with you. I like talking about Ken shamrock and his rise in the WWF and today's his birthday. So check him out. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy, 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 happy birthday. Wish him a happy birthday on Twitter today. It's at shamrock. Ken, the big five, eight. And I want to mention too. Uh, some, some great work. If you're a fan of Mr. Shamrock, if you're a fan of the WWE or you're a fan of the UFC, we cannot recommend the book Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man enough. It's available on Amazon. Now it's like less than 20 bucks. A friend of the show, Jonathan Snowden put it together. I think it's one of the best wrestling books around and nobody really talks about it. Everybody talks about Bret Hart's book or JR's book or Mick Foley's book. This one is a great one. Go out of your way to check it out. Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man. And today, man, the big five, eight, happy birthday to Mr. Shamrock and Bruce next week. We're going to be talking about, whoo, what a controversial pay-per-view no way out. 2002. We'll see the debut of the WWE's version of the NWO. We'll also see Kurt angle and triple H with Stephanie as the referee for the number one contendership. We've got Chris Jericho versus Steve Austin for the WWF title. And of course the rock versus the undertaker. You guys were loaded for bear here. Oh, two was an interesting time in the company. Was it not? Yeah. You know, it was kind of a, another transitional time. So yeah, there's a lot of kind of Kabuki stuff going on. Well, nothing Kabuki is here. We're uh, having a lot of fun with something to wrestle. Hope you guys are too. You get all of our shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com, And we have got such a fun calendar planned for you this year. Bruce should I run down some of our fun topics. Cause hell, even you don't know. I, I don't know. And, and, and you don't even know if I'll do them. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. We all are, uh, next week, as you know, though, the plan is no way out 2002. I'm hopeful we get to cover one of my favorite pay-per-views ever. Such an underrated main event in your house. 13 final four will be coming your way on February 25th. Uh, and then the month of March looks like Booker T Mr. Kennedy, uh, a watch along from, uh, the Brett and Sid cage match where Brett just lost his mind. We'll talk about WrestleMania 18 on March 25th. We'll talk about WrestleMania 2000 on April 1st. We'll talk about Randy Orton on April 8th. Hit a little ass Bruce, anything on the 15th on the 22nd. It'll be in your house. Revenge of the taker. And on the 29th backlash 2007, it's going to be a fun year, man. And, uh, I don't know what I'm more excited about. No way out final four, that awesome raw where Brett flips out or our WrestleMania episodes, something for everybody coming up here on something to wrestle. Everybody has something for everybody, but you know what I mean? Well, you don't have any time, but we appreciate you making the time. And I hope you enjoy your 11 PM workout. You freaking madman. Why well, gotta be madman? Why gotta be freaking? Well, you just are. First of all, it's noon. It's afternoon where you are and you're still in your robe and it's open, but you're going to yeah. be lifting weights tonight at 1140 and you'll be on a plane tomorrow morning at 7. AM. I, I don't know what's going on with you as you jiggle a boob. What, what's happening with you? It's mine. I mean, yeah, you can do that. I guess that's legal, but I wish you wouldn't while we were recording. 
Oh, and now okay. you're trying to rub mayonnaise on yourself. Will you stop? Please That's stop. That's not mayonnaise. I don't want to know what that is, but we'll see you next week right here on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Rock on. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.